0: Hello and welcome to Loving Your Garden podcast where the sole purpose of our existence is to help you get the best out of your garden. This week our resident gardening guru John Sterland looks at the essential February task of winter pruning, roses, clematis, fruit trees and hedges.
1: You should be able to walk past a lot of things and think wow that's been pruned well or you don't even know it's been pruned, that's even better.
0: Plus, we'll answer the usual member questions. But first, let's consider the tools we'll need.
1: We'll start, Rod, if you don't mind, by a few tools. There we are, look, a proper pruning saw. saw. It's nice because that cuts as it pulls back. A good pair of secateurs. The pair of secateurs you have all depends on how much you've got to prune, etc. I mean, if you've got a big garden... Um, it's always best to have a good pair of secateurs. These are Felcos. So, yes, but you're looking at something around £35, £40 for a pair like that. Yeah. And the ones with the swivel handles, you're looking at £60. I've got a pair of those as well. In fact, I've got six pairs of secateurs, but I thought I'd just show you those. And, of course, little shears. Yeah. Because when you think about it, trimming plants as well, is also pruning yes it really is and then yeah. the other thing i've got is a decent size a bow saw and as you notice with um bow saws for cutting trees and things it goes narrow so you can get in between gaps and that is the blade for wet wood you can either get a wet wood blade or a dry wood you know if you just want to cut bits of um, window frames and stuff like that. Up, you can get a dry wood, but that's a wet wood one. So, and that's base. I've got. I've also got one of those long, four meter pruners, but yeah. they are useful. A good set of tools. So, um I've got the
0: telescopic handled uh, ones for doing the the ornamental yes. trees.
1: Yes, I haven't. No, they're me, quite good. I haven't bought me what people call loppers, which I call heavy pruners yeah. because one of the Words I cannot stand in pruning is lop. I think it's, it's just something I have never been able to cope with. I can't lop your trees, missus. It just doesn't sound. It just doesn't sound technical enough to me. So um, yes. <laughs> now don't go and choke yourself. <laughs> Very so, good. Yeah, so there we go. So once you've got the tools and things, you, you off you go. Let's talk about the
0: probably the <laughs> one of the more popular ones. I, I mean, budlayer is a is a given, isn't it? Uh, you've got yeah. you've given budlayer, you've already given that a trim so to stop it rocking yes. around in the winter, but it's still probably four feet, three four feet. Yes,
1: yes, it can yeah. be. But cutting it back at the beginning of winter. Um, just to stop it rocking about, you'll probably find that over this winter particularly, um, you've got some nice new shoots lower down. Yeah. And that's perfect because nobody likes cutting shoots off at the top. But if you can see some a bit lower down, then now's a great time to cut to down to those and all the energy will go into those. As I've mentioned before, apical dominance, once you cut back to a, to a bud that bud is becomes top bud and that's the one that grows otherwise it generally wouldn't grow um roses yes roses we we a jane's got a rose um question hasn't she and it might come up because um again roses it's been a relatively mild winter for mm. for things like roses so they've started to get little red you know yep. you get the red buds on yep. but it's still February, so you can still prune back. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, you get a few frosts and those red buds still sit there. Mm. So what I suggest anybody, if you've got roses to prune, is to get is to get them done. Um, weak stuff, always go for dead wood first. Always make sure you go for dead wood. Get all that out. And any weak shoots, um, if you've got shrub roses, you don't do too much. Pruning of shrub roses, just just a few the wheat shoots and trim them back that little bit. And you can do that now, no problem. So we can answer Jane's now. So that, uh, yes, Jane, you can do it. Whatever you cut back to, they will be the buds that grow. And don't worry, they are determined to grow. It's early in the year, you know, and they will grow. They uh they aren't going to give up to a bit of frost at this time of year. <clears throat>
0: Um, what about uh, the climbing roses? Um, because I, I, as you know, mm. John, I got uh, some scent from heaven planted and they've grown quite well actually through the winter. So they're up to about four feet now. So yes. how do I need to take those down? They're still green, the leaves.
1: Um, is it If you've just got the couple of, of shoots and you really want to help the plant out this year, you can cut those a long way down and those two, you'll get a couple on each of them, and you'll get so you'll end up with four, and then nice new shoots growing. And then what you can do is curl them round a post or whatever. Yeah. Or if you've got them on trellis, you can, as they grow, you can tie them on and get yourself a nice fan shape so that eventually you'll get side shoots and you'll, um. You'll be able to fill the because um, the temptation the trellis. is
0: the temptation <laughs> is you've got that growth there and you think oh I'll leave that you know yes and, and, yeah but you I, think I, cut down
1: I, yes I've 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 got the same I've just tied a I've tied a big long one in. <laughs> um, she was looking at it and says oh that one's tying in. Little does she know that I'm going to be cutting that back down and getting some nice new shoots because we want to cover that trellis first. You know, let's get some formative pruning. You'll still get flowers. I mean, yeah. I planted last year and got some magnificent flowers yeah. um, this year. So you'll still get flowers, but let's get the plant growing where we want it first. Um, another problem can be when you've got an old rose, it's all over your trellis. You've got it where you want it, but it starts to get old at the bottom. And you think, wouldn't it be nice to get a bit of new growth? And if you possibly can, look down at the bottom or look at the roses growing and see uh, if the one of the oldest stems you can take right out to the bottom because you've got the others that are giving you the the, the flowers for this year. Mm. But cut that down and you'll get nice new shoots and that you can tie those in. And if you do that sort of one every year, Basically, over four or five years, you're replacing. you're replacing the wood, yeah. all of it, so that rose after 20 years can still look fabulous.
0: Great and that, tip. that
1: that that that's that's the art of uh, the art of it. I've always said, Rod, if the government says you can have a job, we'll pay you, but you can pick your job. I would have picked pruning because I absolutely love it. So um, you should be able to walk past a lot of things and think, wow, that's been pruned well, or you don't even know it's been pruned. That's even better. But, Mm. um, you know, sometimes you walk down the street and you've got a beautiful tree and it's been just cut back to four stumps. And uh, that's fine if you pollard him, but, you know, ornamental, we're wanting to keep it ornamental all the time.
0: Okay. What about clematis? clematis? Yeah. Now, yeah.
1: No, yeah no, there's there's a lot of mystique in a way about clematis, but if you think about it, it's it's quite simple. I'm I'm always telling people that all those plants, all those shrubs that flower early in the year, prune straight after flowering, because that plant's got the rest of the year to make some new growth up on which that will ripen and that will flower next year. There's three groups, basically. Group one is your Armandii, you know, the ones that are flowering in winter, Serosa, Alpina. To me, Clematis alpinas are some of the most beautiful, delicate flowers that you can get on... um, clematis and what we can do we plant them and we can grow them up and we can grow them up perhaps for a couple of years and they'll look really smart Mm. and then after that if we need to do any pruning prune straight after flowering which is early in the spring and during the spring and right to montana time as well so straight after flowering and we just say prune a little bit make sure you get any dead bits out Prune back after flowering that little bit. Some of the Montanas, if you don't cut them too far back, they will flower again. Um, Well, the Montanas won't, but there's some that will flower again. So we do it straight after flowering. If we want to give it a real, you know, you get three or four, five or six years and it's starting to get all over the place, then what you can do as soon as it's finished flowering, cut it hard back and you will get all those roots will want to make up what's grow, what's been lost and it will grow away like nobody's business. And mm. that's what we do with group one. Group twos are the hybrids, you know, those big flowered ones generally. Mm. And what you can do there is after flowering, trim them back a little bit. What will happen is they'll put a little bit of new growth on. Some of them will flower again um, late summer. And that's basically how we do it. We leave them sort of there all the time, Mm. um, so long as they're not looking too untidy. So the Um,
0: viticellas, the the, the things like Polish star, um, that flower late in the year, we can cut them hard back now.
1: Right, yes. The group threes, the um, tanguticas and all those that flower September, October time and have those magnificent old man's beards on as well through the winter. Who wants to cut those off in autumn? To me, it's part of the di- display. It's as much of the display as the flowers. And what we do, we cut those back, right back now. I'm just, We've got to remember that there's people in Dorset, there's people up in Cumbria, you know, and you've got to regulate it to suit you. So down there, we could probably be cutting back now, perhaps up in Cumbria or Lancashire, and that way we can be cutting back. Just leave it that little bit till the end of February. But I can assure you these plants, even if we get some cold weather, they aren't going to give up. They ain't going to go through winter and give up at this time of year. They'll grow away, don't you worry? What
0: about trees? Obviously not prunus. We don't want to be cutting them back (laughs) right now. That would be awful. Uh, what, What can we cut back now?
1: Oh, we can, I mean, there's all sorts. And as I've mentioned, always check. I, I do tell people to cut anything. You go up to it. Any, the first thing you cut out is dead. My boss at Boots always used to say, cut all the dead wood out, lad, and then clean your secateurs because you don't know what you're spreading. Mm. You know, there might be spores of nectria or things like that, you know, coral spot and stuff. And he says, just give them a dip. Just give them a clean, and then um and then you can do the rest of your pruning. Okay, you, you know it's a, another job, but it it is worth it sometimes. And fruit trees. I mean, we we used to spend most of the winter in the orchards when I was at Boots. We had massive apple orchards both at uh, Nottingham and over at Thurgoeton, and we used to spend the winter uh, doing the pruning of the formative pruning etc of the mm. trees just thinning out a little bit making sure that it was a balance between you know the tree and the amount of fruit that was on it so obviously if it was a spur pru- uh, fruit tree you'd want to leave plenty of spurs on if it was tips you wouldn't the last thing you wanted to go around if it was a tip bearer is cutting cutting all the little side shoots off because she's cutting all the fruits, you know, off those little tips. And then you've got tip and spur bearers. So it is worth getting to get to know your variety. If you've got James Grieve and, and Golden Delicious, and Golden Delicious is gorgeous grown in this country. It's not so good in coming from France where it's a bag of water, but um, in this country it's a beautiful apple when it's grown here and um, flowers on two-year-old wood, which is so that you get the flowers a a year earlier. So all those sort of things you can be doing. And ornamentals as well, Uh, ornamental, malus, anything that needs just, you know, something might be going over into a neighbor's or whatever, and you think, well, it probably won't like it. We'll, We'll get rid of that. And shrubs as well. Go round all the shrubs and get again get the dead off. And uh, not at the moment, but as we go through the spring, prune after they've flowered. Mm. Ribes, for, Forsythia, they're all going to come slowly. Mm. And um and then you can prune there. Again, Mahonia is looking fabulous at the moment. Some of them are finished. Um, I've got charity down the bottom of the garden. It's looking stunning but if it needed any pruning it would be done straight after flowering again because it's that one of those early flowers so we do it it can produce new growth over the summer that will ripen and it'll flower next year and also remember now that um, those mops really soon can come off in our area at the end of the yeah, month, hydrangea. I will be taking the mops off the hydrangeas, yeah. and you'll probably find underneath is two beautiful buds, lovely green buds that have been protected by that mop, and they'll be tough as old boots. Don't you worry; they won't, um, they won't suffer. And even if they did, you could cut them back a little bit. And if you've got a very old hydrangea, again, you can go just like that um, climbing rose. You can go down into the bottom and find some really old stuff. You might need your heavy pruners, but a couple of those older stuff, yes, they're going to have lots of shoots coming up off that old wood, That take a couple out. Have a good look first before you take anything out. Go down a couple of three times if you want to because – once you've cut something off, you can't put it back, but you can always take a little bit more off after. Mm. So go down, take, and that will encourage if you get some of that old wood again, you'll get some lovely new shoots coming from the bottom. And your hydrangea over 20 years will still look lovely. Yes, you can. So you can do that. Anything other, else
0: on the pruning side?
1: Yes, the other big pruning rod uh, for now, particularly, is renovation. Um, And I think uh, Frank's got a problem, hasn't he? Well, it's not so much a problem. He's got a laurel and he wants to see if he can cut it further back. Well, it's a great time now because what you can do, laurels, privet, all those sort of things can be cut back really hard, particularly if you've got a hedge that's really grown and it's miles too, too big you can really cut hard back. And again, into all that old wood. Because what will happen, you cut back and you've got another month for buds to develop that would never develop at all on that old wood. Laurels are classic. You can really cut a laurel so hard back. And again, this is an old plant. So all those roots that are down there, want to make up what's been lost. So an old hedge will grow like nobody's business, but you as well can be really cut hard back and you'll just find it gives it a crew cut and you'll just have masses and masses of new growth. And this is a great time to do it because it's got all the summer to put on that new growth. And sometimes you can cut a a big laurel hard back and by the end of the year, you wouldn't even know it's been hard cut, but you've got a nice hedge. Good question here from Ruth
0: Titherley. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm very aware of the drive to go peat-free, but I'm worried that it'll result in disappointing plants.
1: We had Rosie Hardy on the other week, and they're basically almost peat-free now, but they do use peat for propagation. Hmm. And I still think... Um, ruth that you can go peat free no problem at all but i would use slow release fertilizer in a lot of the compost there's not much nutrient so what i do is mix in slow release compost you can get osmoco there's one or two you go to a garden center and you can buy a box and you mix it in with your compost and what it does it feeds for six months and that basically takes you through the winter, mm. uh, uh, through the summer, um, feeding your plants. Even then, when I put slow release fertilizer in, I do give a little bit of liquid feed. And I, I'm a phosphogen fan. Um, I can say it on here, it doesn't matter. I'm a phosphogen fan. I am not so much a, a miracle grow because mm. it's miracle grows salt based and mm. it can build up in your pots. But I mean, it's brilliant stuff just to you know, to give plants a boost. But um, it's very high nitrogen and you can get a lot of growth at the expense of flower if you're not careful. Um, That's why I use phosphatidine, which is rock-based and also a little bit more on the potash side rather than the um, nitrogen side. And if you do that, Ruth, you'll have lovely plants. You will. Don't firm it down as well because air is just as important in your compost so just to, if even if you potted something just tap it like that don't ram it like we used to do with the old john in is just tap it and um, it'll be fine
0: Thanks to John Sterling for his usual spot-on advice. And if you haven't yet found our Facebook group, just search Loving Your Garden. And if you like what you see, join us. It costs nothing and you'll find a friendly bunch of very knowledgeable and inspiring gardeners to swap stories with. And don't forget to share this podcast. Till next time, happy gardening.